This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Well, I like to say that that was something I wasn't expecting from the Knicks, but I'd be lying to you. Let's go. It's ESPN New York Tonight. We're 1-800-919-3776. Yeah, that's the number to join our Wednesday conversation here on 9870 ESPN. Along with Joel and Kyrie, we're here until midnight. And we hope to entertain you by talking about things going on in the world of sports. And in the game you just heard right here on 9870 ESPN. Oh, boy. Mix lose again. And here's the issue I have. And yeah, I know I'm a complainer. Yes, I am. I'm a Knicks fan, doggone it, and I'm upset. And here's why I'm upset. We've heard all these stories, all this speculation about what's going on with Alonzo Trier, right? Well, he doesn't play defense. Well, he doesn't pass the ball. Well, he's not working hard in practice. He has a chance to play. And we've talked about this, so this is nothing new. He has a chance to play. And he produces. And and I'll say this for Coach Miller tonight. And I liked it, and I would like to see him do this more often. You don't produce, you don't play. It's bottom line. You don't produce, you don't play. And that was the scenario tonight. Now, numerically speaking, Julius Randle had a decent game. He had 18 points in 25 minutes. 7 of 14 from the field, 1 of 1 from 3, 3 of 4 from the free throw line, had 9 rebounds, 2 blocks, 3 assists, and only 1 turnover. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Woo! 1 turnover. I'm about to stand up. If Joel wouldn't be angry because I wouldn't be on mic, I would stand up and give him a standing ovation for having 1 turnover. He never has 1 turnover. He has 1 turnover in the first 2 minutes of a game. So he only had one turnover. So, honestly, he didn't play badly. He played okay. Yeah, I mean, in the plus-minus, he was minus 15. <laughs> but he didn't play badly. And he got no run in the fourth quarter. None. And you know what? Didn't deserve it. Didn't deserve it. And we talk about Alonzo Trier. 15 points in 16 minutes. Six of eight from the field. Plus seven. He was hacking, to, to, to a quote Walt Clyde Frazier, he was hacking and whacking because he had four fouls. But listen, I, I, I like his aggressiveness. And there's got to be a way to reach him to make him understand that if you want to stay on the court, there's certain things that you have to do. We love you offensively. Love it. Love what you bring to the table. But there's some things you really need to do on the other side of the ball defensively that you need to do a better job staying in front of your guy. So there's frustration with that. The next frustration, very simply, is Kevin Knox. Okay, I don't know what's happened to him. I don't know where he is. I don't know what happened to the Kevin Knox that was here last season. Because all we were talking about was, was this Kevin Knox going to bulk up? He had to work on his body. Alan Hahn sat here and told us game after game after game, time after time after time. He's got to work on his body and his NBA body. He's got to get stronger, got to do some things. Okay, he got an NBA body, but he don't have an NBA shot. So, you know, 
I prefer that he had an NBA shot. <laughs> I'll wait for the body. Give me an NBA shot so while he's in, he can do something. I mean, two of five for four points in 23 minutes. Two of five. Like, what are you doing? He's giving you nothing. He's giving you nothing. Now, I am, and I still believe that R.J. Barrett is going to be a phenomenal player in this league. I still do. I believe that. He's a rookie. I mean, he's lost more games than he's ever. He hasn't, he hasn't watched losses in as many games as he's been, he's been a part of this season. And so you understand there's, some, there's something going on with him. He's not, he's not played well. He's really been inconsistent. And so tonight you look at him, he's like, he's 2 of 11. 1 of 4 from 3. I mean, he had 5 points. It's not a good game. And, and you're wondering, is it, is it the rookie wall? Is it more games? You know, all the things creep into your mind. Is it because now he is getting stuck with this losing situation that he's not able to perform, that he's, you know, you wonder what's wrong because, see, here's the thing. To make the losing worthwhile, you need to see your young folks get better. At this point, they're not getting better. They're not. Nilakin is hurt again. Alfred Payton came back. I mean, 6.6 turnovers, nine assists. That's not good. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just extremely frustrated with this team because you want to see some kind of improvement to give you some hope. And the only hope I had tonight was the play of Mitchell Robinson. 12.16 rebounds and three blocks. But the key stat line for me, out of all that, which was good, out of all that, the key stat line for me was one personal foul. One. Which meant he was able to stay on the floor, play 30 minutes. And so that's what you like to see. That's what you want to see. You want to see him stay on the floor so that he can improve, find ways to get better, show his defensive abilities. That's what you want to see. All in all, I mean, and it's the same old story with the Knicks. It just is. I mean, we can sit here and talk over and over. And tomorrow night, we're going to be talking the same thing. Because they're going to go and face the 76er team who doesn't have Ben Simmons, who probably will not have Joel Embiid. Because if I'm, if I'm the Sixers, I'm telling him, no, you take the night off. You're not coming at you, strange shoulder. No, 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 no. You sit your butt down. We got enough trouble trying to win <laughs> with you, okay? And no Ben Simmons. No, we, we just sit down, just relax, just relax. So I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry for venting to you, audience. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just done with the Knicks. I'm done. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Speaking of done. Now look, I know. It's spring training. I know it's early. I know you're not supposed to get upset. I know that pitchers have things they're working on. I know. I understand. I got it. And it's not a, and, and and it's not a cause of concern. Okay, it's not really. It's just it's just a raise of my eyebrow. 
And it doesn't even matter how many wins and losses. I don't care if the Mets win or lose. Preseason. I don't care. I don't care. I'm looking for positive things, like like Jeff McNeil's continuing to hit. Okay, he's hitting 429. It's great. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I want to see Peter Alonzo. I want to see what he's able to do. I kind of want to see what Conforto. I'm looking to see what he's going to do as a Met fan. I'm, I'm looking at Rosario at shortstop. What is he bringing to the table defensively? That's what I'm going to be looking at for the season. Okay, not just preseason, but for the season, I want to see how these guys get better. Brandon Nimmo with the cardiac situation, scratch tonight. It's a concern. It's a concern. But why am I not surprised that as I peruse the box score and I look under pitching and I look under Edwin Diaz, And I look at this stat line for him. The line on Diaz. One inning. Three hits. Two runs. Earned. No walks. One strikeout. Mets lose 4-2. Why am I not? Why am I not? why, Why am I not surprised? Now, once again, it's early. He'll get better. He'll get better. Kyrie, if I keep telling myself, maybe it'll happen. He'll get better. He will. It's it's early. He's working on some stuff. (sighs) At least I got a failsafe this time. I got Della Batanzas. I'll sit Diaz behind right down. Put him in the sixth inning. Bring in the big fella for the ninth inning. Shut the door. That's what I'm looking for. 1-800-919-3776. We'll take your phone calls on the Mets and Yankees. We'll take your phone calls on the Knicks. Because, yes, the Yankees have yet another injury. What is this? Is is this Groundhog Day again? Are Are we Bill Murray when we talk about these Yankee injuries? It's, it's incredible. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. A couple of minutes on the Knicks' latest loss. And, and the reason why it's just got me so upset is because I don't see any hope. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't see th- there's nothing in the game, even if it was a loss. I mean, you're, you're pulling for, you're, you're, you're reaching for positives. You're saying, well, Mr. Hey, man, Alonzo Trier really played well. But I don't think he's in the Nick future because he doesn't play. So, I mean, that's good for now. But what, what does that mean? Mitchell Robinson, yeah, positive because you know he's going to be a part of this Nick future. R.J. Barrett had an awful game. So you're concerned about that. So there's really nothing great to talk about with this Nick loss. So we're venting about that, but we've got a number of things we can talk about. We also we'll get some thoughts. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the NFL and the NFL Players Association. And it is so fascinating to me to hear the players come out. We don't like that contract. We don't like it. Okay, I got it. But there's a reality to this that the players who you are listening to speak out have to realize. And we'll talk about that in about 12 minutes or so. 1-800-919-3776. Sam and Flatbush, lead us off on ESPN New York tonight. What's going on, Uncle Larry? What's up, Sam? 
See, the bad part about batting leadoff is I don't get to face Edwin Diaz. Oh. oh. You kidding me? The guy is legit horrific. Like, some people are trying to tell me that Peter Alonso's 53 home runs aren't such a big deal, whatever, this and that. I'm like, you kidding me? The guy didn't even get to face the Mets bullpen. Like, I'm ready. I'm legit sweating of nerve-wracking. And don't tell me he's going to get better. Because last year, he just got worse and worse and worse when it came to the Nationals game. It's just horrific. It's but, Sam, here's the thing, Sam. Here's the thing, Sam. And even I, even I, I preface what I was going to, I preface my comments with, it's early. It's spring training. It's too early to get upset at him. It, it would be nice if he came in and worked in a situation, all right, that, that you saw him get some, get some people out. Clearly, you would love for him to do that against, you know, the Houston. Astros, okay. So, so you you really wanted him to come up and show that he could do something, and and you know, Sam. Hopefully, he gets better. But here's the other option, Sam. Here's the good thing. He's not. We don't have to rely on just him. We have Dylan Patances. If he doesn't work out, then Dylan Patances will be the closer. Yeah, and I think Jerry Schmidt might be a little better this year. He lost some weight. I hope so, because he could be much worse than he was last year. That's for sure. <laughs> No, because I really think the season's gonna could be really good because they have a lot of offense. Pete Alonso and, and Cespedes back to back with 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 um, McNeil leading off. You have Nimmo in the lineup. You have a lot of people who could get on base and you have Tower. I'm really I'm excited offensively and hopefully Jake could go for three in a row. Sam, I'm excited offensively too about this team. Thanks for the phone call. I'm excited offensively too. I think they can do some things. But Sam, let's pump the brakes on you on the Cespedes. Okay, let's relax. I understand that he has been phenomenal in years leading towards a new contract. I get that. I understand. He knows how to take advantage of those situations. But here's the other side of that. He misses too many games. And Sam, I don't know when you're going to see him and for how long. While he's in, if you could put him behind... Peter Alonso, oh, the protection would be fabulous. Okay, it would be great for Alonso. And in theory, he could have an even better year than last year. My concern is for Cespedes, and listen, I hope I'm wrong. I would love for him to give me a bunch of games where he performs. I would love it because that would make my team better. I'm just realistic, Sam. I don't see him playing a whole lot of games. And, here, and here's the thing. If he does force himself to play because he's trying to get a new contract and he's not well, that's not good either. Because then he's not going to perform to his best ability. And the Mets need him to be his best. And clearly, there's a lot of things that you like about them. You like Alonzo, as you mentioned, Conforto. You know, is, is, you, you want to see him continue to improve. Brandon Nimmo, I'm concerned about. Mareznik, I like what I've seen from him. So far in the limited role, I don't know if he's going to be the everyday center fielder. I don't know. So, yeah, I think this team is going to be better. I do. I think they're a wild card team, potentially, with the starters. If I can get DeGrom, listen, I, I, I can't expect DeGrom to have three straight Cy Youngs. Okay, I can't. And one of the years, he's going to need his offense and bullpen to bail him out because he has carried his starts on his back for these past two years with the Mets. Carried them on his back with the way he's pitched. So, if he just gives me a solid Jacob DeGrom year, I'm good. I'm good. 
I'm good. Syndergaard, if he gives me a Syndergaard year, I'm good. You know, my starters, I think, are okay. I, I feel good about the starters, so I feel good about this team. Charlie's in Woodside. Hey, Charlie, you're next on 98.7. Good evening, Harry. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Charlie. What's happening? Uh, so, uh, quick, one quick thing before I get to the Yankees. Uh, these are your clowns upon the Giants. Stop talking. Stop talking. And one of the, one of the frosts needs to be go. Why? I don't know what already? You, you can't be talking Joe Judge already. He needs to go. He just got here. I have no interesting other than the, those clowns talking. Give me wins. It's all about wins and losses. Yeah, I hear if you. If you don't win, if you don't win, you sink. It sucks. I don't, your words means nothing. So, win. Then I'll, I'll reconsider. And get to the Yankees. Uh, uh, let, let me uh, the Severino certainly uh, going to Tommy John. I think that was awful, horrific. Because I thought it's like what could what what could have been uh, in terms of like you know I think he would have been had. I think in my mind I I, I think he's gonna have a good year. I'm uh, behind Cole would have been so perfect. Mm-hmm. Now nah, it's not gonna happen. That really stinks. And John Carlson injury is not. I mean, dude is literally just stealing money, and <laughs> but uh, and. I mean, in my in my mind, it, this it will makes it a lot better for the Yankees. Now it opens the door for guy like Miguel Andujar, which I really love for Miguel Andujar. Miguel Andujar to play a lot, which opens the door either Clint Frazier. I mean, what can you say about Stan? He just loses about to steal money, and that's that contract doesn't look good. And hope Judge Judge comes back, but certainly. Stands, stand, not reliable. It opens up from Miguel Andujar. All right, so Charlie, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do with Andujar now? Is he gonna play third? And uh, if he plays third, what are we gonna do with Ursella, who gave you, who was no, 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 tremendous no, 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 for you no, no, no. last year? Hold on, hold on a second, Larry. So uh, Andujar, not. I mean, so I saw him play left field today. I think he's gonna get time, uh, time in left field, third base, uh, first base. Who's this now, Andujar? Yeah, in left field. Yeah, he was in left field today. Oh. Charlie, look, I understand the spring training. Thanks for the phone call, Charlie. I understand the spring training. I do. I do. But come on. He's not a left fielder. He's not even a third baseman. I know you're searching for places to play him. I get it. And this is the time to do it. But I'm just... (sighs) I mean, Clint Frazier, shouldn't he be your left fielder? I mean, remember, because Stanton is your DH, so you're not lose, you're, you're not missing him in the field. You're not. He he's not. You know, he doesn't. He don't really want him in the outfield that much. I know every once in a while he's got to play, but you really don't want him in the outfield. He's your DH, and you got to be concerned because he's hurt again. Playing just 18 games last season, one eight, 18. Now, give him credit in eight, in, in twenty eighteen. He was he was good. There's parts of the season where if you didn't have him, it would have been tricky. He was good, but he's got a doesn't he have a clause in his deal next year? A player a, a player re up, <laughs> not a team re up, a player re up. That's a bad contract right now. 
That does not look good. But maybe this will be once he gets on the field this year, maybe he'll do something nice. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. At Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Before I get back to the phones. So I'm watching and listening to reaction from the the top guys in the National Football League, player-wise. I'm listening to Russell Wilson. I'm listening to Aaron Rodgers. I'm listening to the Ponzi Twins. I'm listening to J.J. Watt. I'm listening to these guys, and they are correct. Okay, they are correct in what they're saying with their issues to the CBA. And Russell Wilson is right. The, the, the CBA, the owners are trying to get this done quickly. It's not up till next year. But they're trying to get this done. They want the TV money. They want to say we're going to do the 17 games. They want they want more. They want more cash. Okay, that's what they want. They want more money and the extra game. Now we know they're giving more more rosters, more players to the roster, and we know you're getting an extra bye week. All right. So these are some things. But here's what, and Ponzi kind of touched on it. But here's what these guys have to understand. These veterans are part of, shall we say, the upper 20% of salary earners in the National Football League. That's where these guys are, the upper 20%. The lower 80%, the guys who are just trying to make the team every year, the guys who are on the practice squad, the guys who are just trying to hold on, these are the guys who, who, who the owners made, are giving a salary increase to. Okay, so the minimum wage guys are going to make more money. Because to quote Chris Canty from DPHO Canty and Rothenberg 10 to 1 here on 98.7 ESPN, those are the thousandaires. <laughs> Okay, so the thousandaires are going to make more money. The thousandaires, the lower 80% of guys in the National Football League are going to get a raise. The former players are going to get more benefits health-wise. All right, so when you understand that, that's the reason why this CBA is going to pass. Because the guys who don't have a lot will get more. A. And B, the guys who don't have a lot can't afford to not to have what little they have taken away by saying we're not gonna we're not gonna show. Those guys can't afford a lockout. They can't afford a strike. They can't. They're thousandaires. Love it, Chris Candy. They're thousandaires. So they can't afford it. They've got families. Now, when I was young in this business, I had a chance to cover the last couple, the, 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 a couple of football strikes in the 80s. And guys said off the record, <laughs> my wife is starting to grumble. I got to get back to work. Because there's no money coming in. These guys can't afford the work stoppage. And even the the last contract, the one they're in now, 
when the NBA, when the NFLPA was saying, listen, hey guys, put your money up. Sock your money away just in case we have to go on strike. Sock your money away. Put your money away. Save your money. Don't spend all your money. We may have to go on strike. This is going to take the leverage. Save your money. They didn't do it. And so that cut their leverage. So here's the thing. And I know, once again, Russell Wilson, we should not rust the next 10 years. All NFL players deserve the same. Here's the bottom line. All NFL players are not going to get the same. They're not. Quarterbacks are going to make more money, period. The pass rushers are going to make more money, period. The skill positions are going to make more money, period. And the rest of your roster is not going to get that type, that type money. No, it's not equal. It's not. So it's going to pass. And there'll be football because the have-nots can't afford to not have anything. As Joel said in our pregame meeting, when we were trying to figure out how the Knicks were going to lose this game, don't start. Now, having said that, don't give me any talk about what we really care about our players. Because we're adding a 17th game. We really care. We care about our players. We want their health and, you know, to be cool and everything. No, you don't care. You care about getting paid. And you're giving them money. So, here's the thing. And I know that's part of the reason why the players are upset. They don't want a 17th game. I got it. I understand. Yes, one less preseason game. Guess what? Most of these guys don't play the last preseason game anyway. Most of these guys only play one or two preseason games now. Less padded practices. Yeah, okay, we get all that. We understand that. If you really, really want to make them happy with the 17th game, you got to substantially increase the roster. Substantially increase it. And then maybe other people will feel better about it. But you don't care about player safety. You don't. You don't. You just want the 17th game. Because the season ticket holders are like, I'm not paying for this. And, here, and, and guess what? Here's the other thing. One less preseason game, uh, less padded practices. You know what that means? Now you won't see teams playing well until the middle of October. <laughs> because they don't play well now in the first month of the season. Right? You can tell. They're still working. They're still trying to get themselves together. They haven't had enough practices. So now we're going to cut back the practices, the padded practices. So that means that real, the real good football, the real, real talented, really, 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 ah, yeah, football, you're not going to see that till the middle of October. So just be used to it. And you're going to have more playoff teams, and you're going to have more excitement, and you're going to have a 17th game. It's tough for the players. I understand it. And once again, as I said in the beginning, I know what these guys are talking about. Understand what Wilson's talking about. Understand what Aaron Rodgers is talking about. Understand what Ponce's talking about. Understand what Wyatt's, what Watt's talking about. But it, to be honest, it's kind of shallow coming from them because of the money they make. And I know offensive lineman Ponce's not, you know, pulling in a ton of money. Are you making more money than these guys that's on the lower 80% of the roster? 
It just is. And that's why it's there's too much disparity, okay, between the haves and the have-nots in the National Football League. It's too much. It's too big. Now, I don't know what else they can try to pull, what else they can try to get. But once again, the NFLPA board has already agreed to it. It's going to go to a vote. And I believe that vote is going to be positive for the reasons I mentioned. What do you think? You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Little hoops, little baseball, little football. Oh, the combine is tomorrow. The combine. We're already talking. I don't... I, I didn't know whether we were talking politics or, or quarterbacks. We start talking about quarterbacks' hand sizes. And I thought I was—I thought was—I thought was at a political thing a couple of years ago when we were doing stuff like that. Can we go again? Can he throw the ball? Here's what I want to know: Can he make every throw? I don't care what the size of his hand is. Can he read the defenses and make every throw? That's what I want to know. Prime time combine coverage tomorrow night, huh? <laughs> Quoting Mike Westoff, the underwear Olympics goes prime time. How high can he jump? Are his hips stiff? Can they move? <sighs> what is his foot speed? What's his 40? Here's what I want to know can he play football? Can he play football? The immeasurables. What's his heart like? Does he have the heart, the fortitude, the ability to chase somebody down and stop them to keep them from you know, big games? That's what I want to know. But we'll be talking about it. And I know everybody's going to be looking at, at linemen and offensive linemen and defensive linemen and corners and wide receivers and running backs and players. Everybody's going to be looking at players. Combine. All over for the next couple of days. Oh, we'll be talking about it here on 98.7 ESPN. You can believe that. Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas, and he's next on 98.7 ESPN. My family, good evening. How are you? Hey, what's up, Trey? Everything good? Yep. All right. So, what's that guy's name that used to play for the Knicks, Larry? He used to wear number three. Little light skin dude, kind of dunked on Jordan. What was his name? But that would be John Stucks. Is he like anywhere floating around the, <laughs> the, the premises? Can he not pull this man aside and show him how to play defense? Why is this so damn hard? It's hard enough that you got Clyde Frazier over there sitting over there with a loud suit on every night for the last 30 years, and nobody goes and asks how to, how to win in New York. Hall of Famer. Nobody. Nobody ever asked him, Larry. Hall of nobody Famer. Does. They run over there, and they touch his suit, and they say, Clyde got swag. Hall but of Famer. None of them. None of them have never asked, how do you win here, Clyde? How's it done? 
Mm-hmm. They just see the suits and they use they, they, they You see what I'm saying, Larry? Yep. They're not. They're, they're, like I told you, and I keep saying, I keep beating in your head, and so does Uncle Spike. This is rotting from the head down. Mm-hmm. This is all the upper management thing. You need to put these people in places. Wasn't he? Uh, wasn't uh, Stars coaching the G League team before? Uh, one time he did. Years, years ago. ago he right? did. Yeah, years ago. Years, years ago. ago. Got out of that because George Carl was stealing money out there in Denver, and every you know he couldn't get a couldn't steal an interview. <laughs> Eric the enemy of the NBA couldn't get a damn job yeah. interview. Yeah, and Mickey get out the profession, and now he's doing what public relations for the Knicks. That man needs to take Alonzo Trier to purchase, not to Westchester. Larry, I'm a Knicks fan <laughs> from old school. Thank you, yeah, thank you. Take him to purchase, put the heat on in the gym, Starks and Trier, and show that kid how to slide his feet. He's a reacher, Larry. Yeah, he, he is. Reaches. Yes, he does. He's a reacher. This is easy to solve. It's not hard to solve. Knox. He got to go. Keep the luggage. Keep the stuff. You got to go tonight. It's a wrap for him. He can't come back here. You know what I mean? This is He's not a good basketball player. He doesn't have the testicular fortitude. I know you can't say it's off there. He doesn't have the testicular how fortitude does, to hang how, out How did here. this happen? He looked really good Larry, in Kentucky. He knew his draft night, Larry. What did but I'm saying, say no, he did. Night? He did. But And we he all talked about his motor. Night. We all know about his motor and everything like that. But Larry, I'm saying. Larry, the... Uh, how did he? How did, this, how did he was better last year than this year, Trey? Yeah, he was. He is totally digressing. I think it's a confidence thing, man. He doesn't have confidence. You gotta have confidence. That ball ain't going in the hole in a, with a high enough frequency for for that kid to gain confidence in what he's doing. You yep. see what I'm saying, Dad? And that's what you can see it in his face. Yep. And you can't learn how to do that in New York. I've been saying it for years. These jerseys are heavy as hell. Mm-hmm. He can't, and it looks heavy on him. He looked like he got a big flag jacket up under there, man. It's heavy. <laughs> but he here's the thing. Here's the thing, Trey. What, then, why not send him down to Westchester? He should have been down there in Westchester. Bring up uh, the, uh, the, uh, the kid from Michigan. Bring him up. Let's see what he, he should have been there. Whipping the league up. Nilakina should have been down there. They should have been down there. Hell, man. Dennis Smith should have been down there. Agreed, agreed. Because that kid is the most lost basketball player in the league. Dennis Smith Jr. is gone. But real quick, lad, no, you yeah. got to go. Lad, let me ask you a quick question. Mm-hmm. Where the hell is Florial at? Uh, he's chilling in the minors. Chilling. I'm just saying, Larry, he broke his wrist a year ago. He's chilling. What, what, what's going on? Why are we so stuck on staying like this dude is a Yankee? Come on, hey, come on, stop. Where uh, are y'all at? Because we paying, y'all paying him. Y'all paying him a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money, Larry, but that's a debit swipe. At least we have to give nobody up on That was just money. <laughs> that was we money. Just, we, just did, we just did Derek but listen, solid. But here's the thing. But you didn't have to sign him to that money. You ain't never lied, Larry. And that's the year. Cool. And it's not so Alvin much the money. Lost. It's the years. What's he got? It's eight years? years? You got eight Larry, more years. That's a, you know what that oh. is? That's a baby. That's a baby Bonilla deal. Yeah, I know. That's I a know. baby Bonilla deal right there, Larry. I know. I'm telling you. Yes, he it gonna, is. Stanton gonna laugh at this one all the way to Chemical Bank and give me his cash. Listen, he gonna own the bank soon. <laughs> it's gonna be Stanton Bank. All right, Trey. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. It's gonna be Stanton Bank. Oh, that's a lot of money. Eight more years. Eight. Eight. What did Michael Kay have to say about Stanton's injury? We'll hear from the voice of the Yankees next. 
You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Sit back to the phone and see what you got to say. Derek is in Brooklyn. Do your next hey. on 98.7. Hey, how you doing, Larry? How's doing great. Everything's good, partner. What's happening? Listen, I got a question too for you. Mm-hmm. I, the Brooklyn Nets coach, man, I really don't like him, man. You don't like Kenny Atkinson? No, I do not. I think he's a good um, developing players. I think that's where you're good at. That's where he's good at. That's where he needs to be. He needs to stay right there. I think as an ex and O's coach, he's not a good coach, man. I mean, look at when he was in Atlanta. Okay, Jeff T got a big contract. When he's with the Knicks, Jeremy Lin got a big contract. He came to Brooklyn. Did really got good. D'Angelo Russell got a good contract. But he's good at developing players. I don't think he's a good X and O's coach. You're losing games you're not supposed to lose. Well, what I'm saying? I hear what you're saying, Derek, but this, I mean, he is an excellent developer. He, he does a great job develop, developing, especially guards. You're absolutely right. Yes, that's it. But that's you can't, it. but you can't, de- being a good coach. but Derek, you can't deny what he did with this team last season. Okay. I mean, he got that's them to the postseason last year, Derek. I'm and this year, and this year's team is supposed to be better. Thank you. So okay, but you've got injuries. You got Kyrie Irving not playing. Okay, this was a guy who was going to make the difference in this team. He was the guy that was going to take you to the next level. Because what was what 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 did Atkinson do? Not only did he help develop the Angelo Russell last season, but he right. made them around that they enjoyed each other. The chemistry was better. Thanks for the phone call, D. The chemistry was better, and so that's what helped them last season. This year, their biggest problem is not offense. Their problem is they don't stop people. Defensively, they struggle. That's their issue this year. That's why they're having trouble. Because they don't stop anybody right now. Defensively, they are struggling. And once they get that worked out, they'll be okay. But I still think he's a good coach. I like what he's done. And listen, Dinwiddie put the move on. If Dinwiddie hits the shot, we're not having this conversation. That that shot rolled out. <laughs> he should have hit that basket. He did the move. The play, the play call was perfect. He 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 wanted didn't he got the play call to Dinwiddie in a one on one situation. If I'm Washington, he's the last person I want. He can't beat me. I'll, I'll, even though Karis Levert was hot tonight, I'd rather have Levert try to beat me. Not Dinwiddie, but Dinwiddie got the ball in a one on one spot. Did the crossover move? Step back. And here's the thing: the defender. Let him shoot the three. That's the only thing that can beat you. You can't let him. You got to contest the three. You can't let him have an open three. And he did. He just missed it. So I I think you're a little hard on Kenny Atkinson. I do. I do. You are correcting what he's been able to do with, with helping develop guards. He's done a fabulous job with that. You are right on point. But after what he was able to do with this team last season, when people did not expect them to make the postseason. And the fact that they are playing how they're playing without Kyrie Irving and they've had other people that have left the team and had a ton of injuries. I think he's doing I think he's done pretty good with them. Jan's in Yonkers. Jan, you're next on 98.7. Jan? That's twice, Jan. Sums up with your phone. Tony's in the Bronx. Hey, Tony, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Larry? What's going on, my friend? Everything is good, partner. What's going on? 
I, I, I was talking to your producer. I do not understand why Alonzo Tria can't. I, I mean, you see that the man can play ball, but they're like, oh, he don't play defense. No, Lakina don't play offense. And guess what? <laughs> He's still getting burned. I'm not understanding. Meanwhile, you got Dennis Smith Jr. I, I, I don't know if they snatched his soul. They snatched his, but I don't know what they, but he's so lost. So, he is. He looks, so, like he, he looks like he's never played basketball before in his life. Ever. And, and, and I'm saying we gave this up. We gave KP up going, oh, well, we got Dennis Smith. No. We saying the same thing about Dennis Smith that we've been saying about Nilakina. When is he leaving? I got one more thing to say, Larry. Mm-hmm. What is taking them so long to hire Mark Jackson, who is a guard guru? And what have we been having problems with? Guard play for the last God knows how long, Larry. You're right, Tony. How long? You're right, forever. Thanks for the phone call. And listen, I would love to have Mark Jackson. And maybe, you know, we'll see what happens now that the new president, Leon Rose, is about to take office. According to the Times, maybe as early as Sunday. We'll see if indeed he's going to be one of the coaches that will be they will interview to take over this job next season. But you're right. Point guard play, guard play, but especially point guard play has been an issue for this team for a while. They just don't have it. They don't have point guard play. Alfred Payton is their best point guard. He is a backup point guard at best in the NBA. And he's their best point guard. He had an off night tonight and still had nine assists. He is their best point guard. He's not the best point guard that they could have. So they they do need to improve. There's no doubt about that. They definitely do. They definitely do. Part of the problem, and I thought Brendan Brown broke it down extremely well tonight during the broadcast here on 98.7 ESPN, is that a lot of times what Tria does too is, is offensively he loves to throw the arm out. To kids, and that's a large part of his turnovers. When he does have them, and tonight was not one of those nights, but when he does have a lot of turnovers, it's because he throws the arm out trying to get space. And he's he doesn't do it. He's too obvious with it. Everybody creates space in the NBA. You have to. They allow you to create space. You just can't be, you know, overwhelming as you do it. And that's what he's been. That's part of it. Part of it, and part of it is probably, you know, once again, we don't know. Not at practice. Don't know what he's doing or not doing to keep him from being way under the the bench in the doghouse. Way under. But he surfaced, and the past two games, he has produced offensively. And so, the Knicks need to make a decision about him. What is he to them? Is he going to be an offensive threat? Because sometimes you have a guy that's just an offensive guy who can shoot it without a conscience. And it's good to have those guys on your team every once in a while because they are instant offense. That's what you want. You want instant offense, and that's what he can do. All right? So I I hope he gets some more playing time. You know, yes, and and Trey is a 1,000% right. He is a reacher. He needs to move his feet. He needs to play with, move his feet and not try to reach people by getting by. Okay? That's what he needs to do. But usually, 
Okay. Usually, when guys aren't playing, unless it's it's one of three reasons. A, he's not doing what he's supposed to do in practice, meaning he's not up with the plays, he's running the wrong sets, he's not showing what he needs to show. Two, one side of the ball is not working. Either it's the defense or it's the offense. Clearly for him, the offense is fine, so it must be the defense. And number three, there's a rule, there's a rule from upstairs. We don't want to play and we're hiding him. It's one of those three things. It's one of those three. It is. Chandel's in Manhattan. Chandel, you're next on 9870 ESPN. Larry, Larry, Larry. Let me make my Knicks point and my Yankees point really quickly. First on the Knicks, Jeff Van Gundy or Mark Jackson should be one of the two guys that should be in there. They know New York, they know the fans, and they know how to win. Obviously, my only concern is, will James Dolan stay out of the mix and let the new president and whoever the coach is do their job? Well, he's been staying out so far, Shandell, so I think he'll continue. Well, that, it's so far, but you know, I don't. I, I honestly don't trust Mr. Dolan. <laughs> okay. And as far as my, and as far as my Yankee point is concerned, mm-hmm. I would definitely love to see Miguel and Duhar play all positions because who knows, you know what what's going to happen. You know, Stanton. We we just saw what happened with Stanton. So, and then you know, we we just need that versatility, Larry. We definitely need that versatility. So, I would definitely love to see Miguel and Duhar play all positions. All right, so so you want you want his versatility to be there. You want him to be available to fill in at all spots. But is he a guy, Shandell, and some players are like this, and we'll see we'll see if he's that way. Is he a guy that can can just focus on the offense and the defense and not let one bother him with the other? In other words, if he makes a bad play in the outfield, he's a young player. Is he the type of guy that can just forget about it and, and not bring it to affect his offense and, because and that, here's the thing Shandell you, you, he's playing for his offense let's be fair yeah that's true that is true you know it, it's all about the offense with him so if he can do that thanks for the phone call if he can do that yeah listen I have no problem I have no problem with him learning to play and this is the time that you learn to play but for me you have to me you have more pressing needs across the diamond I mean is Luke Voigt back I mean, he missed a lot of time last year. He struggled. Is he back? Mike Ford was very good last year. But much like Talkman, is he going to be great? I mean, let's be fair. The Yankees were very lucky last season. Everybody they called up produced. Everybody. That doesn't happen. There's not one guy, really, that you can think of that when they brought him up, he didn't produce. I mean, and in key moments, in big series, they got big hits. They got game. I mean, Ford had a couple of walk-off home runs back-to-back days. That doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Are you, are, are you think it's going to happen again this year? I don't know. It could. It could not. I mean, Gio Ursella. Toronto and Cleveland are like, who is this? He didn't play like that for us. And he was amazing last year. He was so good defensively. They were talking about trading Andujar. Still may. 
because of what he brought defensively and was able to give you something offensively as well. So, no, I listen, if Anduar can learn to play another position or positions that makes him more valuable, clearly. And they're doing the right thing by experimenting with him in, in the outfield or whatever they're doing now. I'm just saying going forward, you're creating a position for him that you've got a line of people waiting for. I mean, they like they like Clint Frazier. They do. They keep bringing him up. You know, he's always up. He's always in. Whenever there, whenever there's an injury in the outfield, here come Clint Frazier. So they, and guess what? Other teams like him too because of his offense. They understand about his defense is struggling, but you know what? That's incumbent upon him to put in the work and get better. You want to really play in the major leagues, young fella, and get that wipe that attitude you got away? Produce, practice, act like you want to be a major leaguer. Do what you need to do defensively. Because the offense is there. They love the quick hands. They love the quick bat. But if you can't catch the ball, what? I can't play you. And he's too young to be an everyday DH. Just is. Too young. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Michael Kay commenting on Giancarlo Stan's entry. Here's what he had to say earlier today. You're not going to stand over the season. Aaron Judge hasn't played yet. Severino for the whole year, and you've lost Paxton. And Domingo Herman's gone for the first 63 games of the season to complete right. a suspension. That's a lot of firepower to lose. I'm not saying they're in trouble. I still think they're the best team in the American League East. But when they signed Garrett Cole to me, that put them way over the top, put them on a shelf above everybody else. Now you're knocking shelves down, and they're getting closer to the competition. He sounds concerned. Wow. He sounds more worried than Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman. Busteroni was on the show yesterday, and he says, well, the Severino injury, well, it kind of affects how good they could be, but they should have enough. Well, it's devastating uh, in terms of what the Yankees in 2020, you know, at their absolute ceiling could have been. Because you would have thought, that I thought Severino was going to be one of the guys who would really benefit from Garrett Cole's presence. You know, a Cy Young caliber talent like Severino being able to slot in number two, takes pressure off a guy who tends to put a lot of pressure on himself. Uh, you know, maybe he could have learned from, from Garrett Cole, and now that possibility goes away. All right, so, but, you know, Buster went on to say that he still thinks they have enough to win the AL East. And I do, too. Because, should we roll out the cliches? The season is a marathon, it's not a sprint. This is a deep Yankee team. They've done a number of things before. They'll be okay. You know, the, you know all, the, all the stuff comes in. You know, the, all, the, all the classic lines. I think the biggest reason for concern is because, very simply, you went through this last year. That's why Yankee fans are like, oh, come on again. Again? Please. Can't we just have like a regular season? Here's the only thing I'll say to you, Yankee fans. 
as far as the Stanton injury is concerned. Not that it relates to, not that it relates to um, Severino because he's done till the middle of next year. But at least it's early. At least it's early because Paxton will probably be back in May. Okay, Herman, what, 81 games, 60 to 63 games because he missed some last year? What, what, when's he coming back? June? Hicks is coming back, what, June, July? So think of it that you'll be getting these players back one by one, and I think you have enough depth to be okay until they get back. Angels in Woodbridge. Hey, Angel, you're next on 98.7. What's up, buddy? How you doing? I appreciate you always taking my phone call. You got it, my friend. Uh, listen, my, my assessment is this. They they won last year without Severino and Stanton. They didn't win this year without them. Even, you know, Stanton's like a, what, grade eight? I mean, the guy's up. You know, as far as I'm concerned, the guy's up. Um, we all, none of us like that trade. We don't even want him on a team. Give Clint Frazier a chance to play. They have more than enough pitching depth. They're going to be fine. I really honestly feel that way. They're just so loaded. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to run away with the East. They're going to be fine. I, that's just my assessment. I think Montgomery's going to come up big. Uh, they, they just they have enough to get by. And they the guys that everybody's concerned about weren't on the team last year, essentially. Yep. You know, for the entire year. You're right. So, you know, well, you know, why is everybody tripping? I don't get it. I really don't. Well, I, just I, I just think, Angel, and thanks for the phone call, it's because, as I mentioned, you had these injuries last year, too. And I think, you know, you're looking like, okay, we got through that here. Now we got Cole. Okay, we're let's go. Let's go. That's what the Yankee fans are like. We got Cole. We got the best pitcher in baseball last year. We got, we got, we got some cruise. We got cruise through the regular season. But here's the most important thing. And Yankee fans know. I'm not telling Yankee fans what they don't already know. The Yankee fan knows. He knows. She knows. It's about the postseason. Yankees have won 203 games the past two years in the regular season. No jury. They want jury. Yankees want jury. So no matter what they do during the regular season, it's about what happens in the postseason for them. And they need the primetime players to step up in the postseason. So, yeah, it may cost them a game or two here or there, but it's about what happens in October and November. And their players will be back in time to make a solid effort. Because that's where they failed. That's where they haven't completed the mission. That's where things have not, they haven't finished the job. And hopefully they'll have guys who understand through experience, because they've been there, they've been postseason twice now, that it's about key hits. It's not about the long ball all the time. It's about making contact. 
It's about moving runners over. It's about doing the little things, not necessarily playing small ball. I'm not trying to make the Yankees a, a small ball, you know, team that's going to go station, that's going to move the runner over. And do that. I'm not trying to do that. But I am saying that in key moments, you have to get the big hit in the postseason because that might be your best opportunity. And my biggest issue with the Yankees is in the postseason, they always seem to be playing from behind. It's very rare that they start out with a nice two, three run inning and put the opposition in a situation where they feel the pressure. It's always the Yankees having to come from behind. That's what needs to change in the postseason. Put the pressure on the other team instead of you having to be in that spot because then you get to control your bullpen a little better. That's why they got Garrett Cole. Very simple. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. 